what's up, everything? The Blues are up and down so far this season, and Craig Berube's back is up. He's pissed. But does he have reason to be? Of course, this team is terrible. Or are they? It's way too early to draw any conclusions, so we'll draw all the conclusions in this week's episode. So let's get started, and let's go Blues. January 21st. Although at the rate I'm putting these up, you may hear it on Sunday, January 24th, Monday, January 25th, perhaps four day <laughs> Jarvery 12th. Oh, <laughs> Ian has uh, this one's starting off. a hot Great. take about the river to pair. Ian, go. <laughs> it's not a river. It's no, like, of course not. It's a defunct it's aqueduct. A <laughs> That occasionally that we chose to mark the perimeter of our fair city. <laughs> like, I don't what, understand. What should we use to mark the outline of St. Louis City? Said the city council. And someone said, How about this empty ditch? <laughs> like, I think it's not. Filled with water. <laughs> if, when it's filled with water. It, you don't want it to have water in no. it, which is not how a river works. That's right. Um, I just don't think it's very nice and accurate that when you look at Google Earth, it'll show you, uh, or Google Maps, it'll show you, like, blue there. It should just be a That's gray a yep. mark. Yeah, just a skid mark on the, map, <laughs> on the Google map. Now, does it go anywhere near De Pere? That's my other question about it. I don't think so. I think I've Maybe. only ever crossed the River to Prayer at one intersection. So. Uh, does it does it originate there? <laughs> does it originate <laughs> in De Such as you can call it originating anywhere. River de Pere. Does it have a Wikipedia page? It does. My God. <laughs> it's French for River de Pere. <laughs> The mouth, the confluence with the Mississippi River near River City Casino in St. Louis. Can we call that a confluence? And the source is Crevecore, Missouri, so it might pass through to pair. I guess so. Wow, this picture they put of it almost makes it seem attractive. <laughs> the River de Pair in Forest Park? No. I don't think so. People are listening, and they they and like they, they knew this already. Sensed about our river to pair takes. They're like, "Come on, buddy." Woo, Lansdowne Avenue. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Lansdowne, and that is never as full as it looks in this photo. Well, actually, correction. It's either drier than this or flooded, but it's, <laughs> it's never this calm level of pleasant water. Um, with our uh, river hot ass river to pair takes out of the way, uh, let's get into uh, some some blues talk. Or do you want to start blues, or do you want to start with the hot topic of the night, which will be old by the time I post this episode <laughs> in six days? Pierre Luc Dubois. Where do you want to go first? Dude? Uh, let's do Dubois. Dubois. So Pierre Luc Dubois is 
a player for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and it is obviously well known, as most of you will be aware, that he wants a trade out of Columbus. And who can blame him? It's the home of, I don't know, Golden Corral? Perhaps I didn't. Some place has nationwide insurance. I think comes from there. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, Ohio State University. Obviously, has like ninety percent of the town's existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not a lot. I, I get it. I here's, I don't get why St. Louis doesn't suffer a lot of that same driving away attraction. But you know, Columbus. I I'm, it seemed pleasant every time I've driven mm-hmm. through there. But probably not if you're a French Canadian who missed on getting picked by the Canadians, but like one pick, you know? So he wants out. John Tortorella is there. That's not helping. Today he completely quit on a puck battle with with someone. Thomas Tatar, maybe? No, he's on there. No, Sergachev or somebody. One of them. One of those lightning players. Your mic's dying. um, It's it's fallen (laughs) ill. Oh, no. Um, what is even happening? I can't even correct it. Oops, his go. mic looks like it has bonitis. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he's he wants out. John Tortorella is John Tortorella. And today he quit on a shift. And then he didn't play no more. Four minutes of ice time for the, the whole, whole game. game. And he quit on that shift, I think, in the second period, which means he wasn't getting a lot of time before that. In a tie game. Yeah. A tie game. Yeah. So uh, that situation has gone from, huh, I wonder how they're going to handle this, to, oh, I see that they're not going to handle this very quickly. Um, Obviously, people will want to play Pierre-Luc Dubois' caliber. He's very good. He was like a third overall pick recently, second, third, fourth, something somewhere in there. Yeah. he is still only, I think, 22, maybe, very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you know, he's not exactly helping his reputation for being a team player. Uh, I think, as you mentioned earlier to me uh, in the private sessions, which we'll record posthumously, <laughs> uh, I think uh, there's there's probably some teams that'll just say, Ah, he's playing with John Tortorella. Everybody hates John Tortorella, mm-hmm. and they'll write it off. But what do you think about this whole saga, and how how and how soon does this end? Man, I saw people say that they didn't think this was even going to happen this year, like during the season. They said, ah, this will be something that happens in the off season. And the way it's going right now, I can't imagine um, that that holds true. It mm-hmm. sounded like, I think it was on Thirty One Thoughts, wasn't it, that they said. That Jarmo Kekalainen, the GM uh, for Columbus, got like a lot of offers. And a lot of like offers he thought were actually like pretty good offers yeah. for Pierre Luc Dubois. Like things that he was like, wow, uh, people are actually like overpaying as far as he was concerned. But they don't want to move him yet because obviously he's still a very Sydney good player. Crosby four first round picks. <laughs> Let me think about it. That does sound like a Jim Rutherford move. <laughs> That's Jim Rutherford's uh, coup de grace. That's <laughs> his ultimate move. I I think he'll get traded uh, within the next. Am I am I being generous if I say in the next month, in the yeah, next four I mean, weeks? I don't know how you tolerate this. He should be traded before your next game. If you've got offers, mm-hmm. what are you doing? 
I, he's not. He doesn't want to be there. His coach doesn't want him there anymore. Teams are offering you good prices. I would say, do take the best offer that isn't from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Say, screw you. You're not getting where you want to go. I mean, <laughs> this is me. I'm a dick. But I would say, screw you. You don't get to go exactly where you want to go unless their offer is just miles better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, take the best offer that's not Montreal and just be done with it. Because I just don't know what the value of prolonging the saga is. Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel bad, honestly, for both parties. Because Dubois doesn't want to be there. I feel bad for Columbus because this seems to happen all the time. Like, whether they just don't have the money for a guy or someone just wants out. And then I do kind of feel for John Tortorella just in the sense that, like, he has to get Columbus to win. And he has to play the players on his team. But he also can't really be playing players that aren't going to play. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois is obviously going to go out and play some form of hockey. But from what we saw tonight on his, like, puck battle, quote-unquote, uh, that he lost, he's just standing up. He's just he's just out on the ice. He's barely doing anything. So he's, he's a very good player if he was motivated. And then John Tortorella should play him. And he'd be an idiot not to. If he just didn't get along with them, he'd be an idiot to bench him the way he has. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is that Dubois is just like I'm not. I'm well, not you can't playing trust hockey. Him to go out there and play. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, in this case, it's I get. Ridiculous. I get why he benches them. Yeah. It's, he has to get the team to win, and Pierre Luc Dubois playing correctly or playing actual hockey does help you win. But Pierre Luc Dubois standing there doesn't. So yeah. you just have to, and you kind of honestly, if you want to, I don't know, if you want to. Um, help out the rest of your team, make you look, you look good, make the team look good, show that you've got the team's back, mm-hmm. you kind of have to bench them. Because, yeah. like, what if you just, like, sorry, guys, just got to keep putting him out there even though he doesn't like it here. Sorry. But it's like, no, if you want to try and you want to be on the Blue Jackets, you want to be in Columbus, then I'm going to put you out there. I'm going to put, you know, Texier out there. I'm going to put anyone else out there that wants to be here and wants to try to win. Uh-huh. And I can't be seen giving Dubois ice time when he's not going to, when he's not going to try. So I guess I do feel more for Columbus really than anyone. But at the same time, if you're a very talented player and you're in Columbus, um, they're just not, they're a team that's improved quite a bit since when they were in our division way back when, but they're not that much better. they now win around in the playoffs every so often mm-hmm. and at best. And through, like, grinding defense. Yeah. And if that's not your style, and this is your coach, John Tortorella, I get why you'd be like, dude, screw this. I want to leave Mm. so bad. So I kind of get both sides, but with that being said, if you understand both sides, then you have to get rid of one of the sides. You have to get Pierre-Luc Dubois out of there, because it's just not working. There's no winning for Columbus at this point. That's what I mean. I there's think you're no winning move. Better offers the longer this drags out. Mm-hmm. You're gonna just get some offer eventually. So you have a couple of choices. You can let him serve the final two years of his contract and just be miserable, and then hold on to him as an RFA and just punish him forever until whatever clause triggers that means he's really, really a free agent, then he can go elsewhere in three years, and you can be that brutal, but that's not going to happen. That's not good for anybody. Or you trade him, 
or you just prolong this being the story of your team and John Tortorella having to answer these questions all the time and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know who that helps either. Uh, and it just seems like, yeah, trade him and trade him to the Blues. <laughs> I know a lot of people in, in, I know the Blues fan base well enough to know that they will see that shift, that one shift and say, well, he's not a team player. I never want him here. Obviously, I don't think the boys are actually going to go get this guy. Um, you know, they have plenty of centers right now anyway. I think the only move that would even make sense is something where they're interested in Shen, you know, longer term, and we give them that and some other youth to mm-hmm. get a young player in the door. Um, but, um, you know, I don't think that's a, a move the teams our team is looking to make especially either. It sucks. I mean, it's stupid. I hate these situations all the time. Nobody wins. They just look bad, but they're drama for podcasts to talk about, so I guess that's good for us. Do you think by the next time we record, Pierre-Luc Dubois is still a blue jacket? I do. I think for some... I These are the stories that you would think these won't go won't go away. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, this can only get worse until they trade them. But then, because it's hockey and it's boring... Sometimes, somehow it will go away. They'll just be like, oh yeah, whatever happened to that? Oh yeah, he started playing. Because they talked about it, you know, on some off-practice day. And he agreed, okay, I should try harder. And that's, I only talk about it, uh, you know, in a disappointed fashion. Because that's not fun. And that's lame. And I want this to, I kind of want this to drag out. Because it's more, it's way more interesting to talk about. Um, Do you think he ends up going to the Habs? If you pick a random team, where does he go? I mean, the Habs obviously are the ones that make the most sense because they're his hometown team, more or less, and all French Canadians. <coughs> Excuse me. All French Canadians must fulfill their manifest destiny of playing for the Montreal Canadiens, even though very few actually ever do, and some mm-hmm. that get the opportunity to don't take it, like David Perron. But um, that's got to be the narrative in any case. And. But I don't think, I don't know. I don't think that the, I don't But think, I think they'd have to give up like Suzuki yeah, or Kakanyemi. I don't think, I wouldn't give up either of those guys for this guy right now. That's the thing is like, they talked about that on the Steve Daniel podcast was like, Kakanyemi could be pure Luke, Luke Dubois and it's kind of like on the path to that in the next, you know, two years or something. Uh-huh. And it's like, do you think you can win now? And so yeah. you jumpstart yourself with Pierre-Luc Dubois and then he's there for whatever, seven, eight years. Or do you wait for Kakanyemi and maybe he's a little more cost-controlled at that point? Yeah, I mean, I think that I've heard the Bruins, I don't know what assets they have to give up that would interest the Blue Jackets. I almost think with this guy, I, I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois is like fully polished, amazing NHLer yet. And I almost wonder if the teams that really make sense which would be kind of the biggest kick in the nuts for him, or kind of like somebody like the Ducks who really aren't in it right now and can have him as they rebuild be kind of the star. Mm-hmm. And then like once they're, you know, kind of like a Dylan Larkin where it's like once their rebuild is coming to fruition, he's like 26, you know, or 27, and he's like the team leader and he's still young-ish, but he's not like part of this rebuild core. Mm. But obviously that would be, you know, still pretty miserable for him. So I don't know. I don't know who it makes sense to go to. I mean, other than the Canadians who are very obvious. Um, would be funny if he ended up in Any Boston. team that trades for this guy is obviously going to have to deal with quarantining him too and all sorts of stuff. So it's just like 
it's just a mess and it's just stupid and oh just... yeah that's the canadian thing too is like yeah. if canada trades for him a canadian team they lose that player that they traded and they have to wait two weeks yeah. to get their new player yeah, yeah. oh uh, so sad so it's a strange situation we'll obviously talk about any further fallout the next time uh but um but yeah that was uh, an interesting development tonight uh something i'm seeing in our twitter comments yeah. which is why i'm stumbling over my words is a battle over whether it would make sense for the blues to trade robert thomas for pierre luc dubois straight up and some people say I don't think the Blues would take that move, even if it was straight up. And other people are saying, you're insane. They wouldn't even be offered that move. It's so imbalanced in favor of them. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me because you got to take the pick capital out of it, even though they're still young players. Mm-hmm. you got to stop looking at, well, one's a 25th pick or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. 27th, whatever Thomas was, maybe 20th, I think 20th overall. And one's a fourth overall pick. And so the fourth overall pick is better. I haven't watched Pierre-Luc Dubois enough to really say, yes, I know he's better, or yes, he's not. I think I'd probably say, like, yeah, go ahead and get us that guy instead of Thomas. But what do you think? Man. Yeah, I feel like I haven't actually watched him enough. He was really good in the playoffs last year, was Mm -hmm. he not? Um, That alone is kind of intriguing, and that's on a very defensive-minded Columbus team, so I feel like you'd probably be great here. Um, I don't know. I think I would. I think I would just because I like I like the chaos of that. I like the shiny object in Thomas that we have, and then we go, psych, he's gone. We now have Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. And we have an old Frenchman. A different shiny object. Yeah. We have David Perron to help coach him through, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. I think that matters in some regard, uh, that you have another dirty French Canadian on your team as well. So if that was offered, if it was straight up, I think I'd say, you know what, go for it. I honestly, if that's the offer, like if Columbus, if Columbus makes an offer, I'm all for it. If that's what Columbus wants to do, I think they're stupid because they, I think you can get better than just Robert Thomas, like equivalents off of other teams. Mm-hmm. You can probably get Robert Thomas types and like a pick or more mm-hmm. for Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, depending on what the team is but it's like straight up I feel like just go get cock and yummy and a second or whatever yeah yep I know there's you know cap implications in there and we yeah 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 it, you know, whatever we, money's made up buzz do you think there's gold in Fort Knox for your money there isn't no it's all made up it's the turtles gold, all the way down the gold standard died years and years ago folks and we're just floating into a boy yeah. <laughs> hope you're okay with you know that. you know who's inside the the fort knox uh vault there who it's bernie sanders <laughs> with his mittens, with his mittens. <laughs> we'll get to bernie sanders mittens here in a minute but first in a very important holly uh hollywood <laughs> hockey question for you but it actually is a hollywood question how concerned are you about the clarendale split very. Oh, no, I'm not concerned at all. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Spoke before I'm my brain could catch up. would you say? Um, yeah, I'm completely unsurprised. This is... This is Dale the... looks to me a lot like Quentin Byfield in yeah. the first picture I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, very attractive. <laughs> um, Claire... I want to say Claire Danes. That's an actress. Claire, what's her face? Crawley. Crawley. Yeah, she makes my skin crawly. That's no. right. Uh, <laughs> she, uh... 
she was the bachelorette from earlier this season and then four episodes in she just knew that one of these 20 guys was the guy she wanted to marry so much so that she was like no that's it i'm just skipping all the other parts like well, i'm not gonna even send these guys home i'm just picking him and they're like okay i guess that's fine so he proposed to her on the show like they do and then she was off and rather than cancel the season four episodes in they just brought in another lady but these people these guys or the girls on the bachelor the contestants they apply to these things knowing who the bachelor or bachelorette is so they'll be like oh i've seen that person before on a previous season when they were a contestant or oh I've read a lot of backstory on this person. We align a lot and blah, blah, I'll apply. So they applied for Claire Crawley. And then she got married or, you know, had Dale Peace proposed out. to her. Peaced out. And they brought in this other girl, Tasha, who, by the way, a thousand percent better. Oh, yeah. um, and also at no point, normally with these folks, um, the actual bachelor, bachelorette, I feel like towards the end of some of the seasons, you'll start to realize why. They're on the show. Mm -hmm. They seem very normal until like the last two episodes. You're like, until oh, they, and you're like, they oh, I get it. yeah, they start to crackle and you're like, oh, you're a weirdo. You're like a real weirdo. But this girl, Tasha, I don't think she was a weirdo at all. And she ended up with this. Uh, what's his name? Zach Clark. They uh -huh. seem they seem great. They honestly seem great. And I root for him. Fantastic. I need to watch the show. I think everybody's it's. It's fantastic. It sounds like the sort of stuff that I would be like, this is so stupid. Oh no, it's well, it. that's the thing. It's hot garbage. It's the most it's the it's the most uh trash show that's like on ABC. ABC which will like, you know, bleep out everything. It's a very family-friendly show. Mm -hmm. But this lady came on. They come out of a what is it? First episode, they'll have the bachelor. Not the boning. No, no, no. That the sorry, the fantasy suites. Yeah. Come on, Stephen. It's fantasy <laughs> suites. They're just spending a night together. They will never tell you that that's for fun. <laughs> but first night, they'll have the bachelor, the bachelorette, and then they'll bring in all the contestants in like separate limos, and they run up and they meet them, and they do some fun thing. They say to them all the time, like, "I got nine cats," and they're like, "Amazing!" And then that's you know stuck in their head. You're the nine cats girl. This girl came out, and she's still on the season. This so far this is tasha oh no this no, is this a new season. guy yeah, um okay, okay. first black bachelor which mm -hmm. is which is kind of insane no not kind of it's very insane yeah, yeah. anyways come on bachelor why aren't you at the bleeding edge of social <laughs> well just because this thing's been on since 1997 <laughs> and they're insane. like this is or this is season 25 of the bachelor yeah and there's even more of so bachelorette like 50 of yeah. the whole thing anyways this girl came out to meet him, and her thing was that she brought a dildo with her. But they they black out the dildo, so it could be anything, Stephen. But oh she pretty much Lord. talks about using it and vibrating and stuff. But I love that ABC will try and pass this off as like, guys, we're trying to keep it a little PG, so we bl you know we blur this stuff out. <laughs> we're like, we know what it is. I'm pretty sure she even sells dildo. <laughs> She's like, you can use it on me later. And they're like, okay. And it's like, okay, what? Well. <laughs> what is this? I'm, all, I'm here for it, but I'm just like, just go just go full. Just like, show me the dildo. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Show me the dildo. <laughs> and an episode title was born. Uh, no, I would never. <laughs> We're like ABC. We'll, you know, yeah. we'll bleep that out. Show me the <laughs> 
Um, but uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I, sorry, you know, sorry. You can, I can I talk Bachelor, watch, Bachelorette all we day. We will have an episode sometime again. Maybe one of our summers. We'll just go through the seasons of Great British Bake Off. And oh, get I love it. I will watch that. I I will finish. I can. I love that show so much. I would finish a season. Just start it right back. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. I'm trying to bake a Yorkshire pudding this weekend. Oh, baby. Let's do it. Um, Let's get to hockey. People have waited long enough. People are tired. The cats have nine lives, so they can listen for a very long time. I was like, we played the Panthers? These games were very different, but also the same. Right? (laughs) Uh, The lines... Baruby after the eight nothing loss that we talked about last time, Baruby he uh, he did he hit the old blender button you know. Mm. To me, a little too soon, uh, but it paid off in this game. It did. To be fair, Baruby seems to be smarter about line changes than any of the other coaches that we have had in the post Hitchcock mm-hmm. era. <laughs> After the, the post Hitchcock, I meant including Hitchcock in the post Hitchcock era. I was like Mike Yo. <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. Accurate. I like it. Just burn Mike Yo by saying the post Hitchcock era before Baruby. <laughs> Never mentioned his name again. Whoever coached uh, then, not so woo! good. Uh, Zach Sanford and Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, top line there. Uh, Woof. <laughs> Jaden Schwartz, uh, Braden Shen, and Jordan Cairo carrying this team. Dynamite. We'll talk about Jordan Cairo. This is a Jordan Cairo centric episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoffman, Thomas, and Bozak. You got Thomas at least is, is still on the center. Bozak has moved out to the wing um, instead of Shen, and Hoffman has moved to the other wing for reasons. And then uh, Kyle Clifford, Ivan Barbashev, and Oscar Sanquist. Uh, Ian, game four under our belts. Do you believe that Kyle Clifford is a St. Louis Blue yet? I do not. He has a birthday goal as a St. Louis yeah. Blue, and I will never buy it. Carl Gunnarsson is drawn into the lineup in place of Bortuzzo. He was out with an upper body injury. The first period, not so great. Kevin LeBlanc, LeBlanc scores 11 minutes in. Logan Couture scores on the power play 14 minutes in. Ian, how's our penalty kill doing? Not so good. We'll talk about Oh, that it got later. better, but like <laughs> in a way that... Well, yeah. I mean, they juice they game, juice but, the numbers, but yeah. you don't want your numbers yeah, juiced. Yeah, yeah, you only want to have to have to use the morning after pill so many times, <laughs> you know. And seven in one night is too many. <laughs> That's dumb to have some side effects. Uh, oh. Ian, major uncomfortable. I don't like it. PSR taught Justin me to be very <laughs> scared of Just, birth control. Scores two minutes in. Justin, this was Justin Falk's breakout game. People will look about on this game in 18 months as the game Justin Falk started making himself good enough to be drafted by the Seattle <laughs> It's true, though. He did look a lot. He looked really good in these last two games. Yes. Uh, Mike Hoffman scored his first, but it was really a Pareko shot that he deflected. Uh, Brent Burns then made it 2-1, to 3-2 to two, uh, Sharks on another power play goal. Let me tell you something about Brent, Brent Burns. I hate him. I don't like him. I have him in fantasy. He, he puts up a lot of shots. Oh, he's I very like that. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'd trade you for him in fantasy, but I don't like him. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Cairo. It's the Jordan Cairo experience. This is Jordan Cairo's world, and we're all just living in him. This Jordan Cairo <laughs> doubters on Twitter disappeared real fast. Almost mm-hmm. as fast as Jordan Cairo was on this play <laughs> when he sped around the outside of the boards and crashed into the net. Hard-nosed play. Couldn't quite finish it himself. Uh, but Shen was there to get the rebound with... Um, D- Dubnik? No. Yeah, yeah Dubnik. Dubnik in this one. Out of position and crashed at home, making it 3-3. Three to three. Justin Fox scores his second in 19 minutes. Uh, it was a snipe. To make it 4-3. to three. Yeah, Justin Fox, d- jokes aside, has looked pretty good of the players on this team. And Logan Couture then scores. This was a, this was a track mate. Jordan Cairo with the game winner. That was also Now a that snipe. was a snipe. Woo! Boy, Talk about Jordan snipes. Cairo. And the Blues win 5-4. to four, As you do as the boys do as as the post Ken Hitchcock era has always been about scoring five goals and winning five to four uh the boys had 33 shots to the Sharks 26 were 0 and 3 on the power play which has sucked um and uh you know the rest is what it is the boys allowed zero high danger chances in this game zero at even strength at least did you check if it was true at all strengths, Mm-mm. but let's assume even at even strength, allowed zero and still allowed four goals. So that's not a great indictment on uh, Mr. Jordan Bennington right there. What'd you make of this one? Let's talk about this one before we talk about the next <laughs> one. <laughs> let's talk about these in chronological order. Um, this one was fun. It was a fun game. Lots of back and forth. I was kind of amped after this game because I was like, oh, this season's guns be different. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if it's going to be like this, I'm all for it. Yeah. We don't see we don't see a lot of Blues uh, seasons like this where they just have guns blazing. Jordan Cairo, real fast, real good, very noticeable. I think that... Point per game player, Jordan Yeah, Kyrou. that Schwartz, Shen, Cairo line looks dynamite. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to go back to Sanford O'Reilly Prawn. It's worked in the past. It's not working right it's, now, though. It's not working right now. Um, Zach Sanford, we can talk about him. Nah, we're not going to talk about him next game because there's not much to say. That guy, I only know, is on this team currently when they say his name once a I period. Think it's time to abandon the Zach Sanford experience. I, it's not... He's, it's not working. Uh, he's, he's got flashes of brilliance. He's obviously... Steven, he scored four goals in one game. And we lost the game, which is almost more impressive when you only think about it. Hey, him and Austin Matthews, but same this, type of player. But this dude is 26. He's not like a young up-and-comer. We He is what he is, and I think he's a serviceable NHL forward. You know, to me, Zach Sanford is like the guy on a bad team that's like their one of their top six like feature i'm not even really trying to insult him like if this dude was on the ottawa senators right now he'd be like their number two behind brady kachuk you know he'd be like that guy whatever made uh people care about justin abdulkader for like (laughs) half a decade he's a justin abdulkader Type. He screams uh, Detroit Red Wings yeah, in a rebuild. Right, but I just, I don't think he's got it here. I, I think, I mean, I think he's, I see the skills, we see the myths, it's great. He's got a shot. But when you're looking at a lineup that's already crowded, 
a team where you know you 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 need goals desperately. You can't have a guy on your top six, on your wing, on your on your top line. He's on top line. We yeah. we have been playing Zach Sanford consistently, off and on as a top line forward, and even if not technically on the top line, at least you know like a, a Ryan O'Reilly partner, right? Mm-hmm. And in the last in in a hundred and. 18 games over the last two years, he had 24 total goals. And in 117 games, he had 20 total goals over the last two years. And he doesn't have any points so far this year, I don't think. His effort's been bad. Uh, I don't, you know, it's too soon to say anyone's busted for this season. But it just, to me, it's like, okay, we know what he is now. Maybe it's time for a change of scenery. Give me one of those like Nikita Nikitin, uh, Chris Russell trades where I'm like, oh, we definitely didn't get any better, but at least we got different, you know? Yeah, he had the, I'm trying to look at it here, the fourth most ice time in that game of forwards. Uh-huh. Uh, just behind Shen, O'Reilly, and I'm assuming the other ones on Schwartz. Holy cow, man. That's too much ice time. Yeah. That's too much ice time. I mean, for a... He's not... I don't even... Like like I'm saying, I don't even think he's bad. Mm -hmm. But we've we've become married to this idea that he's like the logical complement of O'Reilly Perron. And O'Reilly Perron right now don't even seem to be O'Reilly Perron. Mm. So you've got this other guy out there who's not busting his ass and who's not adding anything to that line. And you're, it just feels like you're forcing a square peg into a round hole saying this guy's a, a top six forward on a playoff competitive team. And, and I just don't know that he's there. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like I want to... I want to jump into the other line too, but I feel like we can talk more positively about Cairo here and, and some other things. And then in the next game, we can uh, jump in on, on the Hoffman-Thomas-Bozak line as well. Because, yeah. it's I mean, it's just an extension of what happened in this game too. Something I did want to mention, and I know you clipped here, uh, was just talking about our penalty kill. Yep. Uh, and how it has not been very good at all. But it also kind of makes sense given the fact that Petrangelo and Bomeister and Steen were all primary penalty killers yeah. for us. Uh, Tom Timmerman's tweet said, Blues top penalty killers by time on ice last season. O'Reilly number one. He took one of the penalties that they scored on in this game, so not gonna not gonna not gonna be here anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh Bo number two, Petrangelo three, Steen four, and Bortuzzo, who is hurt in this game, was number seven, which is an indictment in and of itself, but I'll let that go for now. Um yeah, I mean, that's huge turnover, and there's a part of me that's like, well, anybody can kill penalties. Any you know, any old person can kill penalties, and I, I do think to some extent it's not that specialized a skill, but at the same time, if you have a group that's doing it well and then you gut that group, you can't expect next season for the next people to just be as good, no problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I'm Jordan Bennington. He had a really he ironically had a really good game against the Sharks in the second game. Mm-hmm. Was about the only player that did other than Jordan Cairo in that line. Um, but you know he hasn't proven to me a hundred percent that he's a a good goalie, which is another of our big question marks this season. Um, you know, and I don't want to get into a situation there where he's kind of a Craig Anderson type, where it's like. 
he's not, or Cam Ward, where it's like, he's not good, but he's not bad, and he is here, you know, <laughs> so... Easier to keep him here than look around, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, so... Yeah, I mean, let's let's try to draw out the positive here mm-hmm. and talk about Jordan Cairo, who had a goal and an assist. Uh, the game-winning goal was plus two and just over 14 minutes of ice time, and Craig Berube said he did a good job. He showed a lot of speed, made a lot of play, nice plays, and he could have had more than one goal. So he really failed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... He's been a revelation. I had high hopes for Kyra this season, but I didn't expect him to look quite as good, quite as fast as he has. You know, mm. they've talked about him putting on muscle and, and really working in the offseason, and it shows it's paying off. He's hungry and wants to be here. That's that's the element you can never know in a in a prospect, really, is determination and, and you know, stick to itiveness. Truculence would mm, be a there good you go. for it. Um, but <laughs> I feel like Cairo had a lot of doubters because people in St. Louis do not like small, speedy players, you know, with, with due respect. They aren't due much respect, but that's kind of a prejudice that uh, generally in this fan base sometimes, Tyratty, I get it, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Maybe it's 10 years later you get over your failed prospects <laughs> from a decade ago. I know it's not a decade, but it's... I mean, pretty close, yeah. at least when they drafted him. Mm. Tyratty also not fast. No. In fact, one of the worst parts of his whole skill set was his skating. Jordan Cairo is an elite skater. I mean, elite. I mean, he creates so much just with his speed. Like, he if is... he's not scoring, he's getting players to turn around, yeah. and that's just chaos right there. He is unlike any player that we have had in a generation in that respect. I mean, we haven't had a skater anywhere near his talent. Mm-hmm. I can't even... Who would even come close? Honestly, the closest? Jay Bowmeister. Jay Bowmeister <laughs> is the closest. When Jay, Jay Bowmeister got here, yeah. and he, he was like 32 then, mm. I still remember thinking like, oh my God. I mean, we <laughs> talked about it here before, but it's like he'd take like three strides and he'd be like from one end of the ice to the yeah. other. He didn't look impressive no. but then you watched everything like move by him and you're like wow i guess he's just gonna like get <laughs> by everyone but i'm also a stay-at-home defenseman yeah. so i don't do yeah. that so Not much again you know um but it's like a dad that shows off like a really cool talent like you can throw knives at like you know a wall and hit the mid you know hit the the target right in the bullseye and the yeah. kids are like that's amazing he's like yeah, yeah but i that's the only time i'm gonna do it I when gotta, your mom's out i gotta go find the paprika for the burgers on the grill <laughs> hold on kid we don't want paprika yeah well you're gonna learn <laughs> Kyrou like had a couple of quotes here uh he said perry i guess that's perico Made a good. I, That's I, the worst. I don't like when uh, Jeremy Rutherford will see something like that and he'll say Perry, and then in parentheses he'll say Blues alternate captain and top line right handed defenseman Colton Sevier Pareko. <laughs> like give way too much detail. But when it's just Perry, I'm like, I guess Pareko or Corey Perry perhaps was he? Perron. Yeah, exactly. Perry made a good drop for me, and I cut to the middle and tried to use the D as as a screen there, and it worked out. I was just happy in the moment and did my thing. Deep quotes from Jordan (laughs) Cairo. And on his back check of potential two-on-one in the third of four-and-four game, which was also a great moment, good defense leads to good offense. Oh, Craig Berube. Just, mm. Uh, So I really feel like I've been working hard on that and getting back quicker and getting 
being hard on the forecheck and defensively as well, it definitely helps with the overall game. Just just so turned on by that. Craig oh, yeah, is. he loves it. Justin Fox says, uh, I don't think anyone's going to complain about get scoring twice or getting any bad vibes from scoring a couple goals early, just getting it out of the way and kind of hoping to build it up. Mike Hoffman, it always feels good to get the first one out of the way, especially coming back here for our first game at home. Obviously, the fans aren't with us. There were 300 there, Mike, and those people are dog shit to you. <laughs> you don't care at he hates all. Them. Those are 300 human souls, Mike. <laughs> um, fans aren't with us, though. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was a good team win, and I'm glad that I was able to contribute to it. Uh, and then Mike Hoffman also, I felt uh, a lot better today than the first game. Just less thinking, getting to know the system a little bit better, and I can just react to plays as opposed to thinking where to go and where to be on the ice. Hey, Mike, do you want to maybe start reacting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe wake up! Uh, Barubi said, I thought Hoffman did a good job. He worked hard, made good puck decisions, and he got a goal. Had a good night. And then he said, I thought our first period was actually good, and you come out there th- down two to nothing it's discouraging but i thought our guys got back in the game the second period yeah that's because it was tied at the end of that so that's how it works uh i thought the first half of that period we were really good got us back in the game um you know that was a fun game i'm never gonna complain about a game that that goes like that and the blues end up on top players that i want to see do well do well i mean Honestly, I think that's going to be the narrative after the next one, too, because it feels like the players that you were, like, shaky about coming into the season are like, yeah, we're great. This is fine. And then the players that you were, like, rock solid on, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going on here? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So any other thoughts on that game before we move on? Nope. (laughs) I was trying to think. I was trying to think real deep, and I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> Does your voice go into flute mode when you're uncomfortable? Uh, no, I got nothing. I all feel right. like all my I'm ready. I'm ready to complain. Yeah. Um, Marco Scandella was dinged up on Monday, and he was unable to play this game. Bortuzzo was on the injured reserve, a place he will become familiar with. Carl Gunnarsson was in the lineup, and Nico Mikola made his season debut and looked pretty good, I thought. Oh, I thought he looked amazing. Oh, I love Nico Mikola. I don't, like you said, I'm not embarrassed to say. I'm just not embarrassed. That's uh, true. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane. Uh, Evander, Might as well. Uh, this this team had four penalties against them, and Evander Kane committed all of them. Steven. Did you see that? Yeah, did you I, also go on Twitter and did you know? I jokes. I resi- they were Steven, did you easy. know he is in money trouble? No. No, really? I, didn't, I did not see that. Tarnation. Nor has anyone told no, me. I was unaware. Uh, Kane gave Bennington the old stick tap to the sack. Uh, the old nut tap, uh, for no reason, got a slashing penalty. Uh, and then five seconds later, we took a too many men penalty. Good. Is that what you want to do? Is that ideal? Oh, boy. This wasn't great. The idea of a power play, Ian, is that you already have an advantage, so you don't need to add people and extend so Your arms are so long, you didn't even have uh, to leave. What the you didn't even have to leave. Yeah, I'm a stretch Armstrong about this. Um, 
So for people not in the room, I dropped a bottle cap, as you may have heard. I don't know how good these mics are. It skittered across the room, and Ian sat up like a vertical adult, has arms the length of his entire body, and just didn't even <laughs> pick it up. This has made me uncomfortable. Now I will be really hyper-focused on your I'm like an orangutan. Oh, my Lord. Oh, God. Okay. So I am so sick and tired of having to make the fucking joke that whenever this team has a bad power play, which seems to be all the time, that you get to see the joke of like, oh, they took a penalty so it could be back to even strength Uh because we're better there because our power play blows. And I hate that we have to make that joke every year because it's always true. Can I say something? I have looked it up multiple times, and I know for oh, a that fact we were third? that we were third in the NHL last season. I don't season. believe it. I do not believe you. That is a lie. Not in the Western Conference. We I might think, have been first in the Western Conference. I think our power play just didn't ever we look very dynamic. Boy back. I and, think that's true, too. And now we've got the dynamism, and we ain't got the tactics. Who is coaching this power play? I don't think it's Jim Montgomery, right? Because he's like a defensive guy. Right. Steve Ott was doing like the <laughs> the whiteboard drawing. And Steve Ott is your power play coach. You're already a big in step down from Mark. I don't Savari. know what assistant coaches do. But I'm pretty I'm sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, Van Ryan is the D coach. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So maybe Jim Montgomery is power play. I don't know. I don't know. Are we sure he stopped drinking? (laughs) I was not the first to make that joke, but now the floodgates are. He's fine. He's fine. He's He's fine. But I'm just, I'm just thinking it's probably the new personnel, but it is probably also a switching of a system and a new coach. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not totally panicked yet because again, they didn't have any time to work on it in the off season. Steve, but they're tied with the Dallas Stars at 0%. The flip side of this is that this is a shortened season, and you should be panicked about things faster than you might otherwise be. But we're not. And it's never okay to go 0 for 7. That's too many to not score on is what I'm saying. My point is. Okay. So Braden Shin did score at even strength, mostly Jordan Kyrou again, yeah. and Braden Shin cleaned up. Man, Braden Shin better buy Jordan Kyrou a watch or something if he gets to even <laughs> ten goals this. Here's season. a digital watch. Vince done with his first point on an assist, and then Marcus Sorensen, just a mess of a human being, <laughs> uh, gets one past Jordan Bennington that Bennington was not thrilled about. What are you gonna do? The defense was terrible. On that huh. one. It was not a good play. They didn't box him out. Tory Crew should have been boxing him out, failed, and looked upset at himself. And you know what, Torrance? You should be. I am certain his full name is not Torrance, but that is what I will call him when I'm displeased with. What's Biden's full name? Robinette? Robinette, yes. I was like, excuse me? Can I say something? Sure. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I am, you know, thrilled that there's a new president. I have seen a lot of Joseph R. Biden Jr., and that feels like a shameless attempt to make that near 80-year-old man seem like a young up and Oh, the junior? <laughs> it's like I'm, all, I'm all for him, but I look at him and I'm like, boy, are you old. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I just wish we didn't have to have this, like, 
national lie that he wasn't. You know, yeah. like I whatever Trump's faults, he was seventy, but he seemed like forty, and just his personality. Well, he seemed that's like the, that's the seventeen in his personality. <laughs> that's the cocaine, yeah. though. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, we've talked about politics enough. But if you'd like more, go to our other podcast, Who Got One Pulpit. Pulpit. <laughs> Does that, in a church, that's not what people, no, do people stand enough. at that? Two guys, one lectern, two guys, one gavel, I don't know. Two guys, one ballot <laughs> You know, whatever. Those are all subsidiary podcasts. Yeah, we've had, these are all exist. Two guys. <laughs> this is the uh, two guys, uh, one. One Jerry <laughs> Do you guys, one universe. There we go. You know, like the Marvel universe. That's, right. That's what I'm trying to think. Do you guys, one universe. Cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, this episode's all over the place, and I will not apologize for it. This will be people's favorite in a long time. We've been off our game. This, now we're this will also be the, also, the last we're time. We're sorry. We will never see 160. Because um, we'll still be recording this one. No one else will ever see 159. Uh, uh, thanks, thanks for listening. If yeah. you listen to this, oh, thanks for listening to this nonsense. Oh yeah, we just enjoyed speaking, <laughs> and it's baffling to listen to us. This is completely Woo! sober. Oh boy. Okay, we're back. We're back. Uh, there's that one review we have on Google where it's like, or on Apple where it's like, these two idiots don't know anything. And it's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, can, I can't dispute you. Uh, <laughs> take, this, take this review down. It's too true. Too accurate. The blues started in the third period all right. And it quickly shifted and the Sharks were the more dominant team for the remainder. But... They did not score. I was like, yeah, we had the uh, the goal waved off for goaltender interference. Was that in the third? That was in the third? No, it was in the second? No, in the overtime. first? That was in overtime? Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I jumped all over it, Stephen. Yeah, overtime, which was the most boring period of three-on-three three overtime oh in all history. Because the Sharks just kept taking it back to surprise. They were playing for the shootout, which worked out for them. Uh, With but, one shooter. But yeah, well, we just I got, yeah. We just got to get a Thomas Hurdle. Well, you know, you could put him earlier in the lineup. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to we'll get to fourth. Um, the Sharks did seem to be playing for the shootout, which was a strange tactic, but hey, it worked as Ian moves my mic closer to me just to send a subliminal message. Um, but yeah, there was that interesting play where Donato stood in the crease after Carlson dangled Bennington into oblivion and. Bennington tried to, like, shove him back out of the way and get back in the net, and the puck mm-hmm. went in, and they immediately called it goaltender interference, but then they reviewed it for a long time, and I was like, I don't know, man. If that's not goalie interference, I know Bennington initiated the contact, but that's because he couldn't get to where he was supposed to be allowed to be. Yeah. Uh, but they did leave it off, and uh, then Burns had a penalty on Perron shortly after that, but there were only four seconds left. And the shooters were Perron miss Donato save, O'Reilly miss Couture save. Hey, guys, maybe hit the net. Braden Shin save, Kevin LeBanc save, Jordan Kyrou save, and Tomas Hurdle. Goal or shooters were not particularly creative. Wah. 
Where was uh, Tyler Bozak in that? Isn't he a, he's a guy that we used to go to, yeah, right? well, you know, we got... Not that I care that much, Jordan but, Kyrie you know. these days. Didn't Kevin Shattenkirk used to be in the shootout? He did, yeah. Yeah. We'd, like, run Oshie and Shattenkirk and Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I mean, I don't like that overall as a team, but that was a fun shootout. Yeah, that you was know, a group. wild lineup. Uh, Sharks heavily outshot us heavily, 38 to 23. 37 over 38, pretty good save percentage, I'll say that. Uh, we won more face-offs, took more penalties, unsurprisingly, had more hits, had more blocks, had more giveaways. So we won in every category that counted. There were only 41 minutes at even strength in this game, not Jesus. counting overtime. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a disaster. We had uh, lost the Corsi 4. No, we had control of Corsi 4 at even strength. And... Uh, you know, it just it wasn't good. This was a game of the power plays that were and were not. Nobody did score on the power play. Seven for seven the on the should PK. Have, uh, should have... Just score a goal. Scored goals. Yeah, early, one goal. earlier I was complaining about not scoring on seven. We only didn't score on five, so that's almost acceptable. Craig Berube, not pleased. I was happy to hear this. Yeah. I was... I obviously was going to be upset because there was a loss, but I really didn't think this was going to like show up in Craig Bruby's uh, post-game repertoire for at least another couple of mm-hmm. losses or, you know, 10 games in or something like that. But maybe what? We're at four games. We're prorating this. like six games. Yeah, that's like six. Oh, yeah. Um, he uh, said, uh, we've got a lot of guys that aren't skating and not competing hard enough. That was kind of the go-home quote. But he also said, it's ridiculous. The penalties, we can't get out of the box. We can't go to the box that much. It's really hard on people. It's hard on our team. Can't get to our game because of it. I don't know where we're at in the league penalty-wise, but might be leading the league. Um, Korak made the point that I thought by far the Schwartz-Shin-Kairu line was the Blues' best. They need much more from uh, O'Reilly Perron and whoever plays there, whether it's Samford or Hoffman. Also, the Thomas line needs to pick it up, including Thomas himself, who only played 11.49. Uh, somebody asked him uh, about Thomas, uh, but, um, you know, he also, there was a lot of time on the PK, and he wasn't necessarily going to be on there. And Korak said he lost track of many pucks too easily, had it on his stick, and either gave it away or had it knocked off him too easily. Also had really nice cut to the middle sh- of slot, and instead of shooting... Uh, tried making lower percentage pass, oh. which is a very Robert Thomas yeah. move. I love you, Robert, but work on your shot, bud. Um, until he starts shooting the puck more, jury will remain out. Well, or, you know, completing the passes. Uh, Nico Mikola played 14-25, including five minutes on the PK, and he looked great. Strong in his, in his end. Oh, yeah. Mm, he's very strong, strong in his end. end. Uh, and he had a couple of nice rush chances. He could stand to shoot the puck more himself when opportunities exist. Jeremy Rutherford, final tweet. It came in a loss, but Falk played well. He had a team high, 26-30 of ice, ice time, including almost seven minutes on the penalty kill. He directed six shots on net and had four hits. I'm definitely, I mean, I noticed Justin Falk a lot more, period, this season, but I definitely noticed him uh, physically stepping up a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's looking Which is what will endear you to these fans, these oh, blue-collar yeah. blues fans. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about, like, Robert Thomas I'm not worried about because I think he's still, 
I don't know, he's still adjusting to having more responsibilities. I just don't know if I, I don't know. I think we have a lineup issue already, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we won't when people start well, start playing with their abilities. But, like, him with Bozak and Hoffman seems really kind of blah. That's a Franken line for sure. That's an okay line. It's weird to say. That's an okay line if they got more ice time, but they're the third line, or they're one of three lines that can play because we have two other lines that are as good, if not better, currently. Uh-huh. So, like, putting them out there for a little bit of time just feels like this isn't a good line, and they're not playing, so... I don't know. Feels like a way. It feels like we're just completely wasting the third line with how it's constructed and how we're using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this is what I didn't like about moving the lines after the zero and eight game, the eight to nothing game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Thomas and Hoffman pairing has looked good because it hasn't, but isn't there some element of giving them a chance to build chemistry or confidence? Like if you're not going to give them the chance, then you shouldn't have done yeah, that at all. And I'm not sure that they can do it. I mean, again, you, you went to the penalty kill seven times. So how fairly can you really evaluate your offensive lines there? You know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know that I'm really down with, I don't I mean, I'm, I'm very down with him being honest and saying, we're not trying hard enough because I think that's true. But I also don't want to be like, well, Robert Thomas is really in trouble because he's had a couple of bad games to start a weird season. You know, like, I think there's a line in between there and I hope to reach it. And I've dropped another cap. I will not pick it up. <laughs> On my side of the table, you will probably pick it up in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not that worried about him, Robert Thomas, but it's like... I just feel like he needs, but I mean, Mike Hoffman as a winger is fine because obviously he scores a lot of goals or whatever. But and I have nothing against Tyler Bozak, but Tyler Bozak should really kind of be a center. But also, I like Braden Chen at center. So, I of all of our centers, I think Tyler Bozak's just the one that has to go to wing because yeah. Braden Chen back at center at least his last two games with Schwartz has looked dynamite. And dynamite. I know I've said so much. Um, and Schwartz looks really good, and Kyra looks really good. Every time I've watched the Schwartz uh, or the Schwartz Shen Kyra line, all I can think about is how I'm like, you know what? Not for the moon, but I'm resigning Jaden Schwartz because I think you're one of the few like forwards on this team that seems to actually like play game every game in and out. You know, yeah. play the same more or less. Um, yeah, I mean, if he plays a whole healthy season too, that'll help. And the thing is, I'm not really worried about O'Reilly and Prawn either, because, like, when was the last time you watched O'Reilly? I mean, he's only been here so long, but, you know, O'Reilly playing like, wow, I guess he sucks now. Like, never. Mm -hmm. He just had, like, a bad game or two. And same with Prawn, honestly. Prawn part, whatever. What's what's it in French? Trace? Trey? Trey, Trey? yeah. Uh, Toi. Toi. We are cultured. Um, (laughs) But... He's he's as consistent as can be, so it's like I, I just don't. Thought you were gonna say he's Canadian. He's Canadian, right? Um, so I just don't buy that. Obviously, I no one's saying that they're like terrible or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll be fine, but there are little pieces on this lineup where it's like Zach Sanford, like we talked about, not the best left wing for them. Maybe um, Mike Hoffman's got to be better. Robert Thomas has to play better. I thought our fourth line was fine. I thought. Um, 
Our defensive pairings overall looked all right. I thought Mikola looked really good. It was really noticeable. That guy's fast, I think. Yeah, he's a pretty good um, He's pretty fast for a big guy. And I thought Bennington, Bennington had a really good bounce back game. Um, I thought to myself today while sitting on the toilet about how Bennington uh, are doing my best that's thinking. The, that's the Your best thinking. Yeah. I think all the audience. Yeah, did. they had to. I was on there for a while. Stephen, I had eaten. <laughs> I won't go into actual detail. Um, <laughs> He was also cooking in the kitchen with his freaking mile-long arms. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just thinking about Jordan Bennington had like a poor game on Monday and then had a good game today or today on uh, Wednesday. And then I was thinking back to all the whole narrative in the playoffs so he always bounces back and stuff. And I was like, I know you're not always going to have your best games. You're going to have some bad games. But he does kind of have bad games and good games and bad, like which is just inconsistently consistent i'm just i'm interested i'm i'm interested how that goes i'm interested yeah. to see if he has a bad game come whatever la's game i guess we're gonna see billy Huso. i guess start one of those oh boy oh boys i mean, um, we gotta though at some point i know you, know, you gotta man. i just don't like it um justin falk looks good colton preco i think looks pretty good as a number one right now i know some folks are really disappointed with Krug right now or at least they're like eh he's not what I thought we he'd be but this to be fair yeah. I mean you did I know you said you thought he'd have a bit of a disappointing season but I think he's looked all right he's like fine and also the dude's played an entire career on one team give him a minute yeah yeah you know like I'm I'm people have listened to this podcast know that I'm not the most patient I also cannot freak out after four games, after a like eight month layoff where you played for two weeks and then lost your captain and added a whole bunch of new people and the team's not immediately amazeballs. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, the effort thing is more of a problem because you can try hard regardless. But I'm not going to be, like, just flipping my lid because Tory Krug doesn't have seven assists on the power play yet or mm. whatever, you know? Like, I can't get there. Next time, if they if they just suck against the Kings this weekend, then we'll tear into them next time, you know? But um, I'm not there yet. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, if we we're what we're two one and one right now if mm-hmm. next time we talk i think next time we talk we'll have three games we'll have the two yeah. kings games and a vegas game behind us Ooh. um yeah if next time we talk we're like what do we say like three three and one mm-hmm. still not terrible but it's like eh, eh, what is yeah. that what are you yeah what I mean, are it you? depends how those games look you know it's all, yeah, it's how the cookie crumbles. That is it. Uh, we've got a lot of mailbag questions, so instead of drilling any further, why don't we look at some of these? Uh, they're all over the map, and people ask multiple, which was not within the rules. Yeah, folks. Um, but, you know. Calm we, yourself. We shall honor them all anyway, because the two guys, one cup mailbag runneth over with questions from Ray Barelli's Blue Gloves and Andrew Holmes Claw. Uh, at KMW504, the aforementioned Ray Barelli's Blue Gloves has uh, one of his multiple questions. <laughs> <laughs> We're just kidding. We love you guys. But, you know, it's funny. Um, if the Blues make a move either before or at the deadline, who has moved off of this team? Ray, 
I don't even know when the deadline is, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm just going to call him Ray, because even though It's like though in he, April, yeah. Some yeah, even bonkers. though his initials are right there in the tweet, I don't know what they are. I mean... If we make a big move, I figure you figure you gotta move Tyler Bozak's five million to clear any space. But I think our move is probably bringing Vladimir Tarasenko off the IR. Really, you know, if, Man, that'd be nice. That's weird to think about. Um, February's almost here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Zach Sanford, we just talked about. If you if you can get a deal for him or Sammy Blay, I think both of those guys are just kind of extra at this point. Mm. And it's time to be all Voldemort and kill the spare, you know, as he says so lovingly in uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Uh, you know, um, the, after the Trap Wizard Tournament, everybody's familiar. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is that Cedric and Harry take the port key. It's, they don't know it's a port key. What's a port key, you ask? Well, a port key is a... Yeah, we've all seen the worst movie. Yeah, Yeah, you're right, you're right. Actually, no, the worst movie is the fifth movie. Mm. That one, and it's not even a terrible movie, it just botches the the book real bad. The movies and the books, first of all, I am a book purist because I'm a D-bag. But, (laughs) leaving that to the side, they're like the ones that are, other than three, which is the best of both, uh, they are like invertedly related because five is one of the best books one of the worst movies mm-hmm. uh one you know one and two feel like better movies one is a good book but two is probably maybe my least favorite and is a better movie i don't know anyway uh it's a whole tangent what's your favorite book is it three three yeah three three is not my favorite of all of them. i like three i think my one after is six. six i think i like six too. a lot yeah 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 i mean i love them all but you know i'm probably due for another read through pretty soon here actually Andrew Holdsclaw asks, are Bernie's mittens illegal in the NHL because they give goalies too much power? And I think, well, the answer is obviously yes, they give goalies too much power. But have you considered their power for uh, forwards in a potential fight? I say you don't drop the gloves anymore. You put the gloves on (laughs) and beat each other's brains in with the power of 80-year-old yarn mittens. So... uh, I just wouldn't want those to stain with blood, you know, though? No, and they would very quickly. Those yeah. would cut the skin. Uh, <laughs> Andrew also asks, what Marvel characters would you pick to play on your hockey team? Who and at which position? Well, that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, huh. Iceman seems too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> I want Pyro because there'd be no more ice. Uh, well, the puck is rubber. Actually, Magneto would be, do surprisingly little on the nice, right? I guess yeah. he could enlarge the goal or bend his opponent's skates. Um, Magneto's really never out of place. Yeah. Uh, what if you just put Charles Xavier in net and he makes everyone miss the, <laughs> miss the net? And Charles Xavier with another zero-shot shutout. This guy truly is... Extraordinary. I want, uh, there was like a time period, or maybe it's existed always, but like where Rogue could like have multiple powers mm-hmm. ta- and take from people, so she's just crazy strong. 
I want her here and grabbing like multiple assets. Oh yeah, skills from different I players. I want her to be like McKinnon and Landis Cog and yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> it's like the best fighter, but also the fastest player, yeah. but also like the heaviest hitter. And you're like, oh my god. I feel like if you're being like more legitimate, I feel like Beast as a goalie would be oh, pretty yeah. exciting. We're stuck on a really X Men path here. X Men are great, um, but maybe he wasn't talking about canonical film characters. Oh, are we talking though. about like the MCU? In which case, we're barking up the very wrongest tree. Uh, you know, but he didn't clarify, so that's really on you, Andrew. Make your questions more specific and fewer. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's think out, let's think the film universe. Well, Ant-Man could just grow and fill the goal, uh-huh. so I guess that'd be cool. Um, I don't know. Tony Stark, I feel like, wouldn't be all that helpful. Captain America wouldn't be all that helpful. Is Thor allowed to hit the puck with his hammer? I don't know if that would help. And it with lightning? I think he would kill Devin Dubnik. So I'm in. Well, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, send us your thoughts, folks, on Twitter. I feel like there's a good one Ian's going to keep chewing on this. Andrew had an answer. Uh, favorite J on your PB and J's, he also asks. Ooh, uh, it's Grape. For me, it's not even a consideration. I think I agree with I, Grape. I like Strawberry. I like Strawberry. I don't know if I've tried it on PB and J. Maybe I need to try it. I, I've tried have you seen tr- like, have you seen orange jelly and stuff? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I believe in it. I got my mom it. some apricot preserves for Christmas and she has not opened <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, we love each other. <laughs> but that's okay, that's okay. Uh, uh, Ray is back and he asks, 3v3, exciting or a turnbucket? I don't know what a turnbucket is. Well, he, uh, he corrected so, himself later. He said turd bucket. Turd bucket. Okay. Have you ever seen a turd, turd bucket, bucket, though? Have you seen one of those? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, uh, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. It is exciting. Well, not the one we watched last night, but it was a reminder of just how shenanigany and ridiculous that over Well, that's the thing. Is. It's either really fun or it's complete and utter nonsense and boring. And the fact that the... Coaches have sucked the fun out of this because they realize that it's just a possession game. Yeah. And so they just coach them. Oh, if you don't like what you see when you skate in the zone, ah, just skate out of the zone. Yep. Don't want to give up that puck. But when you do give up the puck, I like that. I like that. Oh, you lost it. And then it's like, rush the other way. Missed. Rush the other way. Yep. Missed. Rush the I'm like, okay, I'm into that. I'm into <laughs> yep, that. Yep. Uh, Stephen McLaren McLean, excuse me, I can't read, at Masticlean, says, who's the most underwhelming new addition to the squad this year? For me, it's Krug. His defense hasn't looked all that fantastic to me, and his offense and power to play specialty seems non-existent. Um, I mean, I don't disagree totally. I think we already talked about that a little bit by just saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to freak out about it because it is what it is. Yeah, guy. Uh, yeah, Stephen. What kind of a person would even be named Stephen? It is with a V. V, oh, it's uh, different. Yeah. Oh, it's different, man. It's very different. Um, Steve Dangle made fun of me for having a PH in a cameo that I bought for you for Christmas. <laughs> so, you know. Well, don't pat yourself on the back too hard. <laughs> Just kidding. That was very sweet. That was very kind no, of you. No, I wasn't. No, I mean, I wasn't fishing for that, but finally. <laughs> <laughs> um... I can see how Tory Krug would be the most disappointing for a lot of folks. I mean, Even well, if he's not terrible, it's just like people expected, well, shit, 
this is going to be our uh, top pairing defenseman. He's a power play guy, but we haven't scored on the power play, and he's looked all right. So who qualifies even as new arrivals? You've got Krug, you've got Hoffman. Hoffman, Hoffman hasn't looked great. Clifford has been Cl- uh, fine. Clifford's been the biggest disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest not a big fan. red dog. And red yeah, <laughs> he's just a person. You can come, you can put Huso in there. He looked terrible. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. I he definitely makes me feel the uh, shakiest. Even if you, I mean, if you put Kairou in there, you're not certainly not considering him. I don't think any of the new arrivals have really blown my knocked my socks off yet. But I think they've. All, I'm I'm just not ready. I'm not there yet. Maybe mm-hmm. in a week I'll be there. He's, not there he's afraid of commitment. That's right. I'm a commitment pro. Um, you wouldn't do great on The Bachelor, no. but you would because they all—they don't end up together. About, they no. just—they just bounce. Ray is back one more time. Ray, we love you. It's too much. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. Want, we want the mailbag full. We'll fill it next time. Do more. <laughs> <laughs> not enough. My hunger will not be satiated. <laughs> I mean, how many other hockey podcasts are you hearing the word satiated? Ask yourself that. Uh, Who's better in 2024, number 18 or number 25? I feel like this has gone the other direction too fast. Ray, Jordan Kyrie's had four good games. Um, Jordan Kyrie is better in 2024. No, I mean, I still think Robert Thomas is the better player overall, more important, but Mm. I think they're, hopefully they're both amazeballs. Yeah, I mean, I really do hope it's both. Like, I was definitely in the mindset or of the mindset that Robert Thomas was going to be here for a long time, and he's a center, the position's more important. (laughs) Yeah, he's gone. Um, But then just from Jordan Cairo, he he had shown flashes, and again, maybe this is a flash too, just a four-game flash, a longer Mm. flash, but... I like to believe it's not, and he's taken the necessary steps, and so. But anyways, I thought he was someone that we might trade eventually, or have to move, or something, or we'd get a little antsy and be like, "We need, you know, someone to replace Sanford, and the Oilers want Kyrie, so here you go," sort of thing. Um, but I feel like he's definitely making it, that conversation very hard. Obviously, like it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. And I hope they both make it. And if I had to guess, yeah, it'd be eighteen. It'd be Thomas is probably the uh, the better player, the the more integral player to this team. Um, the Patrice, if, the Patrice Bergeron, if you will, mm-hmm. to uh, to Jordan Kyrou's and Brad Marchand, and they will both be that good. So yeah, and they also will both lick people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Patrice Bergeron, upstanding gentleman. Well. Um, what about behind closed doors? I'm like Jamie Benn, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not willing to speak on that issue. Uh, Kemper is here um, and asks, who is your way too early pick to be drafted by Seattle? And do you think Army makes a deal with Seattle to take a specific player slash keep certain players safe? Um, well, I, think, it, I think we're going to see very few deals. I yeah, really I do. Think, I think uh, people got screwed last time, and they're not having it again. Um, I think you're going to see GMs be a lot more careful, but at the same time, I just talked about NHL GMs. So who knows? Those people are real stupid. I so That's true. You know what? I don't think you're going to see very many deals from any team, especially uh, Armstrong and the Blues, to stay away from a certain player or incentivize see how to pick a certain player but i do think there will be so there'll be less of that but there will be a couple things like that and they'll be big i think you're gonna get your like 
you know, Jim Rutherfords or whatever that are like, you're going to do the same problem, but worse. Be like, yo, we don't want you to take our new backup. So take Tristan Jari, please. And also two firsts, if that's good for you. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I just can see one or two GMs doing a real big fuck up where like the Kraken get the player they wanted and another player they wanted and a pick they wanted from some team like Florida or whatever. Um, but I think overall most teams aren't going to do that. And I don't think I don't think Armstrong will be a guy that does that either. Yeah. I think if you're looking at the Blues, um, knowing what we know today, and, and like they said, too early to say, uh, but um, Justin Falk with the Ron Francis connection and the big contract, if he has just good enough a season where you're like, oh, maybe Seattle's interested, but mm-hmm. it's not good enough where you're like, oh, we got to keep this guy forever. And if Nico Mikola is really good and it's like, oh, maybe he's like a second line defenseman, uh, you know, that'd be a great, great sap, uh, cap query move. I think the flip side of that is Marco Scandella. I think we'd be happy uh, to offload that contract. And then, you know, I. The jokes aside, you can't be, like, furious about losing one year David Perron if it comes to that. I think the Blues are in a fortunate position where they don't have to really sweat mm-hmm. about losing someone they care about. What's the protection rules? You get to protect eight, eight forwards and three defensemen? I think so. And then So you figure the eight forwards are O'Reilly, Shen, Schwartz if he resigns, Tarasenko... Thomas Cairo and whoever, whoever you want to put there, Stanford or Boy, if you're keeping either of those guys, I guess would be next. Sunquest, maybe, maybe Sunquest. Yeah, uh, probably is who I'd say next that I'd want to protect. Um, so if you figure those eight, and then you're pick, protecting Pareko and Krug, presumably, and then one of. Falk, I guess you don't have to probably protect uh, Mikola. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't protect like any of your yeah any of your young up and comers. So I guess one of Dunn, Falker, Scandella. It's not going to be Scandella. Marco, I will go out on a limb <laughs> and say the Blues will not protect Marco Scandella, um, which may mean he's the most likely to pick because he's as much as I don't love his contract. He's cost controlled. He's whatever. And then you know, assuming you resign Bennington, you protect him. Um, I guess the scenario where we, where we do a deal to not pick somebody is we keep Bennington, but we really like what Huso showed us and we're trying to keep him here or whatever, but I don't think Henri will try to dig into that. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think you're going to take Falk just because, I don't know, it's a hefty contract and the cap's not going up anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I'm just saying there's a I, narrative there. I have a feeling in my gut, I have a feeling in my gut it's going to be Ivan Barbashev that they take. That feels right. That feels like a guy that could easily be a third-line player on your team. Uh-huh. Um, and your whole team's going to be third-line players, so maybe he's your second-line player. Maybe he's on your first line. Uh, yeah, I just don't... I understand we, the Falk angle, are we going, but... Are we, I'll go there. Oh, no. Ivan Barbashev, first Seattle Kraken captain, <laughs> taking the role sure. that Lee Stipniak should have taken. Uh, yeah, I think so. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
I'm just kidding. That would be a disaster. And, I, and my other hot take, lukewarm take, middle of the road take, is that I think Justin Fox is going to have a good enough season this year that we're going to be like, I don't know, man. I don't really... We I, can't, we can't really lose them. Who else do we have on the right? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of the thing. Is like, who else are you going to play there? And thus far, I think he's looked fine. Um, so oh, yeah, right now he's fine. I'm not eager to get rid of him uh, as like a player. I guess I'd be more eager to get rid of him, obviously, for the cap implications and everything. But again, we're doing that, and who are we even spending it on? I guess Robert Thomas. Yeah, but and stuff. But they're not right going to be. Now. Yeah, going to be that much money. I don't think. Uh, Kemper also asked, "What are your thoughts on the tracking technology? I think it's great technology." in a terrible package. It's like, I don't trust robots. I think this, but the, the way they're displaying the names is just huge and clunky and distracting. Oh, the name thing's silly. Um, it's, it could be cool. Why don't, I don't know, do it like NHL, the games do it. Just put it tiny, make it not obliterate half the screen. I, I got a big TV. It's like seven feet wide. <laughs> Um, it's cool when they do like the speed thing, but yeah. like when Jordan Kyrie's just standing there, it's not all that interesting. Uh, I just think they need to work on uh, the opacity of the. Um, uh, you got uh, satiated and opacity. Uh, the opacity of the uh, bar so that it's yeah. not like so just bare and chunky, but I think the technology is really cool. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I guess it's also if you're like casual and you don't really know number like the numbers of the player which is fine i make fun of you silly filthy casuals <laughs> but um i also don't understand when they do the shift time for people which they used to do on nbc uh, and i think they do now too but in a much more like egregious in your face fashion because they'll always track someone that like is I don't know, ancillary? Is that a good word? Does that mm -hmm. make sense? That's just never like, Tarasenko, it'll be like, here's Braden Shen's ice time, guys. We gotta really highlight that. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and heck, you don't even know to highlight Tarasenko's. Like, if you tell me in passing, he's been out there for a long time, I won't sit there and go, bullshit, you show me the numbers. <laughs> like, I'll be like, okay, yeah, seems like it. <laughs> Like, I just, I, it just seems kind of silly of all things to measure that that's one of them. Like, he's, man, he's really trying. I'm like, or he's out there too long. He probably needs to shift change. Mm -hmm. um, they used to do that with, like, the head-to-head -head stuff, too. They'd be like, Taves is to match up against, you know, Stamkos or whatever. So we're going to track both of their ice time at the same time. Look at them. They're both out there. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, the NHL will never take something cool and use it in the best way possible. That's a guarantee. It is fun, though, because, like, I don't want the NHL to, to change, but I also just want them to change so badly. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the idea. I'm glad they're embracing technology, though, even though they had to give back all their pucks because they screwed them up or whatever. Yes, I love technology, but not as much as you, DC. But I still love technology, always and forever. You know Napoleon Dynamite? No, not ringing a bell. All right, well, Stephen, I watched the part where he threw the ball over the mountains, or so he said. Yeah. About it. Have you never seen? I've seen. I've seen the important parts. I want to say. Uh, but you've never seen. Start to finish. No. Oh, 
that. Well, that speak to me. That seems like a that's like a 2007 movie, and it like sits in 2007 or whatever. Yeah. If you watch it at this point in your life, we are still doing it. It will be like uh, when somebody introduced me to what's the Andy Samberg one. Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you love, you love Hot yeah. Rod, right? Yeah. But for me, when we watched it, I mean, it was good, but I was like, <gasps> not magic. You didn't too. like Hot Rod? I thought it was fine. I thought it was oh, fine, but no. it didn't have that magical touch. Either. Well, the thing is, it doesn't have any magical touch. Yeah. It's definitely not. Hot Rod to anyone is not the same as what uh, Napoleon Dynamite is to people out yeah. there well it's not that to me but it is a fun little movie folks demand that ian watches napoleon dynamite so we can have a watch along <laughs> yeah. episode which by watch along i mean we will watch it and then comment afterwards <laughs> andrew's back this guy won't <laughs> go away uh his um his handle is at h underscore claw. You can't combine two houses, Andrew. You get to be Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw and go with Ravenclaw. You belong there, you smarmy, smarmy bastard. Huffleclaw. Uh, no, no, impossible. He asks, with our cast space next year, who do you see us targeting in free agency? People think of way ahead. They have given up Damn. on this season. You think um, I know who's hitting free agents? Alex Ovechkin is a free agent. I say we go get him. Uh, you know, I mean, Taylor Hall's out there. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? But when you look down this list, there's not a lot of people that are uh, big, sexy. You know, Brandon Saad may be interesting. David Backus is a free agent. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ian looked at me with such disgust. Dougie Hamilton. I think think they're going to work out a deal to keep him, and I don't oh, yeah. think it makes sense to go and pay him after paying Krug. Uh, I wish you'd held up. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog obviously is a, a type of guy that any team would love to add, but, you know, is he going to matter, um, or is he going to be available? Is he going to make free agency? And if he does, is he going to be interested in coming here? Jaden Schwartz, I think we just talked about, you know, probably re-signing him. Kyle Palmieri? An interesting name, but is he one of those older? Isn't like, he like thirty nine? He's thirty, but is he? Yeah, but is he one of those like physical guys that's going to be broken down? Probably. He's great in fantasy, man. I tell you what, I, know. I always try and pick up Kyle Palmieri. Are Timonisimov disinterested? Uh, Ian Cole just traded. By the Kyle Palmieri is twenty nine. Yeah, he'll be thirty. Dude, I legit thought though. I know you said he is thirty, but yeah. I was like, yeah, thirty, but. 30 and another number yeah. that's not zero <laughs> um holy shit i thought this dude was like i thought this dude was super old but he's not in fact steven he's younger than me he's this <laughs> we're doing this every week aren't we? <sighs> he's the same age as mikhail granlin does that seem right no no mikhail granlin's like a young up-and-comer superstar what the hell kyle palmer what the um hell? i don't know i'm not that wild about this class terms of like big name guys um why does Kyle Palmieri have to suffer in the New Jersey Devils I thought he was only doing this because he was old you know what Scott Lawton's a free agent so I changed nope. my mind if we're getting Scott Lawton hell no laying down the law with Scott Lawton um it takes a lot to law it takes a lot to cry you know there's so, only one law in St. Louis and it's caw the call is the law that's true uh Andrew to answer your question uh you know if if there's a if there's a Gabriel Landis Cog play out there, I, do I feel that. like we need a first line winger pretty badly and probably some more physicality. 
leadership, some of that Swedish leadership, Swedership as they call it. Um, <laughs> this dude gonna want like seven million dollars. Oh no, he's gonna want like nine. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, probably. I mean, he's making almost seven now. Okay, jo- well, when we get rid of Tarasenko. John Rose asks us to grade everyone so far. I feel like we've pretty much done that. Yeah. Uh, you know. Does anyone have an A in your mind? Jordan Cairo and Justin Falk, I think. I can't, I, I can't really complain about anything Justin Falk's doing. Mm-hmm. Anybody just F? Anyone have an F? I mean, Mike Most Hoffman's got team, two Fs. Yeah, right there in the middle of the name. Uh, oh, God forbid his middle name's Francis, uh, which it could be because that seems right. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone's really an F. There's a lot of C's and D's. Yeah, uh, C's and D's, baby. Has anyone really upset me enough to, to get an honest-to-goodness F? No. No, I mean, Mike Hoffman. Tyler Bozak. Oh, that's so that sad. Guy. Mike Hoffman is a is a D right now, but he could he could I I don't believe he's a complete wash. I feel like we just need to figure out a way to utilize him. Like I get I get that he's a one dimensional player and that sucks, but you can utilize that asset, you know, correctly. Ian, I just don't know if we guess know. at random now for me, please. Uh-oh. Which Canadian OHL city is Mike Hoffman from? Oh, mm. Petersburg, perhaps? No. Oshawa. Maybe no. Sarnia. He's Canadian. London. So he's not one. Of, he's not one of the U.S. ones. No. So we out, we took like three of them out. Yeah. Um. Kingston. Oh, so close. Uh, Kitchener. He's got oh. the first two letters. Kingston's one, right? Yeah, strong next. Okay, okay. I want to make sure. Are they OHL though? That's my question. Yeah, I think they're OHL. Yeah, Kingston, Ontario. Yeah, that's that's where Petrangelo's from. I'll is always from remember Kingston that. Or so, is he so, yeah. from King City? Oh, is he from King City? I, I think, think so. you're right. I think you're uh, right. Bob Tom's miscue said Thomas is not going anywhere. I think that was a response to something else and not a question. Um, and <laughs> Whoa, what a what a statement. Justin Horniker, closing with this. Um, asks, uh, if you were to compare Jordan Cairo to any infomercial product, what would it be? I know where he's going with this. And I would say the Slap Chop. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I say, I'd say OxyClean. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he's Flex Seal. It's Flex Tape. You slap him on and fixes all the problems there for you. Keeps me excited. Keeps the excitement from draining out of me, that's for sure. Cairo is, and I don't want to overstate this, the only reason for <laughs> seriously though if you pulled him off of that line and oh you gave boy. schwartz and shen like a serviceable winger and they actually looked like yeah that line looks decent uh-huh. it just wouldn't be Exciting. it still wouldn't be the same no. like the sad thing to me about the 2-1 loss was that it did kind of feel like the 8-0 loss just in the sense where i was like <laughs> people aren't playing yeah. on the ice and it makes me sad um but I'm glad that Ruby called it out, and I can I can only hope for better things. We can grow from here. We can learn and get better. They can be better. We um, might not be able to, but they can. Oh, we can't. No, that ship has sailed. But we'll continue our, to yeah. over-promise and under-deliver. <laughs> our promises are hollow. No, empty as the, as the day is long, perhaps? Did that make sense? Um, the, folks, we've talked for too long here, 
and uh, we were going to go over the, 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 the charts, the tables, the standings. That's the word I was looking for. Um, let's do it next time. I was like, yeah, give it a two weeks. Two weeks in. The old two-week up. Everybody has always said if by President's Day, whoever's in the standings and that that point is in the playoffs, then they're going to probably be in the playoffs at the end of the year. Obviously, that's yeah. what everybody's always said. It so. is very weird that you only play those teams in your division this year. So, like, I will look at other divisions and be like, yeah, so I'm if like, they win, will we make the playoffs? Like, no, it doesn't matter at all. Literally, I can look at, like, Minnesota behind us or ahead of us and be like, they must lose and we must win and no other teams affect this whatsoever rather than all these, you know, wild card scenarios and who's coming from what division to where. It's like, nope, just like, if it's Minnesota ahead of you and is, is LA behind you, well, you got to outpace them and catch this guy. And it doesn't matter what any other teams and any other divisions are doing. My biggest question is this, and we'll close with this. I cannot decide if I want the Toronto Maple Leafs mm. to win the Canadian division in the playoffs only to be curb stomped by an American team and reminded of their proper place at the bottom of North America, even if they are geographically at the top. Let me tell you something, folks. North and South don't really exist. I know. You can just split the planet. So yeah. they can be the, the continent's toilet. Um, or if I want them to not even be the best Canadian team and have to live with that knowledge. And I think I'm starting to lean that way. Yeah, I kind of want. If, I kind of want the Canadians, Canadians to jump over them. them. I love it. And we're just like, oh, bye bye, eat our dust. Oh, you know what? Jake Allen winning another cup, bringing it back to Montreal. I'm here for That'd it. That'd be sweet. Jake and Joel, they were the heart and soul of the team, baby. I would love that for them, um, and also you know to throw that in Maple Leafs fans' faces. But I'm also afraid that Canada is going to appropriate any cup that anybody wins. You know what I mean? They'll be like, "Oh, I know it was the Canadians, but it was a Canadian team, so oh, I'm here know. for it." And I'll be like, "Get here's, out of here!" Here's the reality: that Canadian team is not winning. No. The Stanley. You get the that's gonna be laughable. Any of those teams get to the final four and have Vegas and Tampa and pick your player out of the East to deal with. Yeah, not gonna be pretty. So, uh, folks, we'll talk about more that more next time. In the meantime, you know, thank thank your your God or your deity for Jordan Cairo and have a, a fantastic night. Good night. Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for. we've grown